Hey there, it's Jim Stengel, host of the CMO Podcast. We're all marketers here, so let's be real for a sec. We all know that your website shouldn't be a static asset. It should be a dynamic part of your strategy to build your brand and drive conversions. That's Marketing 101. But 54% of marketing leaders say web updates take too long. That's over half of you listening right now. And that's where Webflow comes in. Their visual-first platform allows you to build, launch, and optimize web pages fast. That means you can set ambitious marketing goals and your site can rise to that challenge. Learn why teams like Dropbox, IDEO, and Orange Theory all trust Webflow to achieve their most ambitious goals today at webflow.com. Want to drive greater success in social commerce? With Deloitte's latest creator economy research, you can. After surveying over 500 creators and 500 brands, our insights are helping CMOs and marketing teams harness the power of content creators. And not only that, but how to do it well. See for yourself by visiting cmo.deloitte.com today. Hello, everyone. This is a very special episode of the CMO Podcast. It's the first of two CMO roundtables on the subject of creativity. We recorded this episode at the Cannes Lions International Festival of Creativity in Cannes, France. We have today at our table a CMO all-star team, and oh my, do they have lessons in creative leadership. We are joined today by Marcel Marcandez, Global Chief Marketing Officer, AB InBev. His company, by the way, won the coveted Cannes Lions Creative Marketer of the Year for 2022. Second guest, Dean Aragon, CEO of Shell Brands International and Global VP Brand for Shell. My third guest is Lynn Schlesinger, the Chief Customer Experience Officer at Forbes. And last, number four, and not least at all, Todd Kaplan, Chief Marketing Officer, Pepsi. This is my conversation with the Fantastic Four. Well, here we are on a yacht in Cannes. And I want to welcome you, Dean, Marcel, Lynn, and Todd, to the Creativity Roundtable at Ken Lions. We're going to talk about creativity this entire time, but we're going to start with celebrating the Marketer of the Year in 2022 at the Ken Festival, and that is AB and Bib. And Marcel, congratulations. I am going to open a can of can of can Riviera Rosé beer. Listen up. Oh, so cheers. <laughs> cheers, everyone. Now, I want to start by, we're here in Cannes. You're not all first-timers, right? You're all veterans. Mm -hmm. It remains a high-impact story for you in your career or for your company. Does anyone have a story? My intro to Cannes was actually sponsoring the CMO Accelerator Program oh. when I was at MarketShare. Feels like a million years ago, but not quite that long. Maybe 2015? So the CMO Accelerator is a program we run at Cannes for two days for up-and-coming CMOs. And Lynn, you were a sponsor of that, and my team and I run that, and we're doing it again this year, so I can't wait. That's toward the end of the week. But that was a highlight for me, and it was my f the first time we did it was my first Cannes. I came, um, there were a couple of us from MarketShare that were here in attendance. It was my first time, and I was in a hotel kind of in the middle of nowhere and spent probably 45 minutes every day walking to the where the accelerator was being was happening and was amazed at all of the creativity all of the activations that were here having not seen that before and I've been a regular ever since we are recording at the beginning of the week so we have a big week ahead of us and Todd you and Marcel have a big group of people here right with your company so I want you to talk about what you're doing with your people here this week and what's your objective? 
Marcel, why don't we start with you? Your marketer of the year, so I'm sure it's a, a week of a bit of celebration. All right. So let me start by cracking open, <laughs> crack open my beer <laughs> as well. I'll take another sip okay, of mine. Cheers, everybody. <laughs> Beautiful. Mm. It, it actually is lovely. And, and where can people buy this? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, uh, it's all around the Palais. We have a couple of bars uh, there. Plus, there will be some sampling moments around the festival as well. So I hope everybody can get access to these cool beers. And I, I also I have to agree. I think they taste really good. They do. But anyways, uh, so Jim, uh, thanks, uh, thanks for uh, for having me. Great opportunity. It's amazing to 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 be here in person first and foremost. And yes, uh, it also this feeling also applies to the group uh, we're we're bringing here. We have uh, sort of sixty five people from ABI here from all over the world. As I was uh, talking to you uh, before uh, we started. Uh, we even have people that are traveling overseas for the first time in their lives. Wow! So this is we focus on 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 the younger uh, part of the team, so that we can have a moment for them to break away from the routine uh, and really get some immersion on inspiration, creativity. And this is also a moment when we set up plans, we define our ambitions for the next cycle. So it's a very special moment in our calendar, and uh, this is why we're also very happy to be able to do it in person. Uh, again, because Cannes is the kind of thing that either you're here or it's never going to be the same thing, right? You're, you win this big award, Marketer of the Year. When I was at PNG, we won that as well. It was a big deal for our culture. What does it mean to you and your people to, to reach this milestone? Uh, you, you answered the, the question already because uh, my, 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 my answer is always about culture. It's exactly what you said. Of course, we're extremely uh, proud and happy from a marketing perspective, together with our agency partners and all that community. But before getting into that, it's a great demonstration of our culture because uh, you know us since forever, right? Our purpose is we dream big to create a future with more cheers. So everything we do starts uh, with a big dream. And this is something that we that was done by design or, I mean, you never know if you're going to accomplish that, but we agreed to work to get there like years ago. We started with Miguel Patricio. He was still the global CMO. Then Pedro started to carry the, uh, the torch. Pedro and I, I'm yep. the th uh, uh, Pedro Herb, I'm, yep. I'm the third CMO in this process in four or five years. Four or five years ago, we said, we want to get to number one. And then we said, let's get organized. Let's work hard. And so when we dream big, we work and we deliver. This is, I think, uh, the best celebration of our culture. And this is the big mini uh, of this achievement for us. Fantastic. Todd, you're here uh, with Pepsi with a bunch of people, and you're a culture of creativity. It's one of your, I think, distinctions. So what's your goal this week with your contingent of people to experience yeah, there's the week? A, we have a number of people uh, like Marcel from all over the world. I think we actually took a lot of our marketing leadership from all the different regions of the world to actually have a everybody coming together um, in person and can for the first time and to almost reset as a function a little bit, uh, almost, you know, looking at kind of where Marcel has taken ABI, you know, where do we want to reset and take our function in the future? What is that bold aspiration? How do we want to build those things together? And so um, there's a number of just talented people from all over the globe who are coming together and just to do it in person is it's infectious just when you walk around the Palais and you see the work and you bump into people and it's just uh, it's been great just starting. It's only Monday. I want to get personal with the four of you to start. And the first one is I want you all to share a tip on how you cultivate your creative self. So what do you do to keep yourself? Because, you know, you can't lead a creative organization if you're not feeling creative yourself. I mean, I believe that very, very deeply. So, Dean, I want to start with you. A tip. 
A short, pithy tip on how you keep yourself creative. I'm a voracious consumer of content. I immerse myself in content that are uh, things that are attractive and uh, with, you know, in, in my realm of appreciation, but also those outside of that. Because if it, I only stick to the ones that I like to watch or I, wa- I want to listen to, then it's quite limiting. So sometimes I frankly suffer in delight because I, you know, they're not my usual cup of yeah, tea, but I, yeah. I, I, I leave space to drink it because otherwise I'd be a one-trick pony. Len, your, your tip. I get inspired by travel and new experiences. Mm. For me, getting out of my comfort zone, getting out of my routine, getting out of my home office and being back on the road or traveling with friends or even by myself, I find very inspiring. I like to get lost in cities. I like to turn off Google Maps and wander around. I love finding those random bookstores and poster shops and cafes in places where you can just sit and be and think for a little bit with a clear mind and hopefully don't hear my phone dinging every five seconds. I think I want to travel with you after this festival's over. Anytime Is that good? you Shall want to go that? away, let's let's go for it. All right. Sounds good. Todd. Yeah, I think actually just just to build on that, I mean, creativity, when you think about it, is the linking of two unlike ideas. Uh, That's basically Mm -hmm. the simplest form of creativity. And um, so exposure to more things, the more stimulus you have, the deeper you go in those experiences, the more unique things that you don't know what will inspire you and link in your brain in a certain way. And bringing those experiences also with the diversity of thought of others and surrounding yourself with people who are not like you, I think is another powerful tip to just really encourage uh, different perspectives that can spark a really interesting idea. Marcel, Market of the Year, your tip on creative self. Uh, to, to bring a different one, I would say do not deny your instincts. Ooh. I think what we do is, uh, is all about the mixture of art and science. Uh, we tend to, to rationalize things and to focus on the science part too much. There's a lot of data, a lot of research, a lot of analysis, analysis paralysis. So for the, for the creative part, I think we all have something inside of us that sometimes it shows up, but we say, no, no, no. We tend to over-rationalize into our instincts. So I think on the creative part, let it out. And this is an exercise that I think makes a difference. We've all been there. You spend millions of dollars each year driving traffic to your company's website, and then the results come in and they're just not what you hoped. On top of that, 81% of marketing leaders say website ownership is a challenge. So what do you do? Well, you switch to Webflow. Let me tell you why. Webflow's visual-first platform empowers your team to own your company's most valuable dynamic marketing asset, your website. From launching a new site to optimizing for SEO and conversions, Webflow gives you the tools you need to drive business growth fast. Unlock your website's full potential when you build, manage, and host with Webflow. Get started today at webflow.com. You are all senior leaders, and I want to keep this on the personal level. I want you to think about and describe a time in your career where you have felt creativity was on fire with you, your team, your partners, and describe what was going on in that situation when creativity was on fire. So dig deep into your memories. <laughs> Recall a time when you were just like, wow. Go ahead, Lynn. I felt that when I got to Forbes um, about three years ago. I was um, brought on and given the opportunity to create a brand and demand team um, 
similar to what we have been doing in the technology industry at market share and then at Newstar and bring those practices around marketing operations, foundational email marketing, true demand generation to a company where that didn't quite exist in the way that technology companies have been doing it for a really long time. And the creativity Forbes gave me or the, the space Forbes gave me to think about everything aligned with that, the platforms we were using, the data we collected, the permissions that we um, got from our customers to market to them was incredible because it really was building from a um, a small base to something that's now delivering to our sellers incredible leads and opportunities and connections that they may not have gotten previously. What was the key driver there? Was it your leadership saying, go for it, freedom, big scope, big brief? It, it was the leadership giving me permission to do it, but they also know I had done it in other Got places. Yeah. Okay. So I had the experience. I knew what to look for. I knew what things to consider, not necessarily for a media business. I hadn't worked in media mm-hmm. in God, decades um, until I joined Forbes. But the the knowledge, the questions to ask, the things that um, sellers would tell us that they needed to be successful, we were able to bring into the ecosystem. Todd. Yeah, I'd say um, it's it's interesting when you talk about that over the last, I'd say, couple of years, um, coming into this this role on Pepsi and having to kind of almost teach the team how to think differently and almost kind of jumpstart this age-old brand and really reimagine it for a new a new future. Um, it takes time to teach the skills, the how to break what you've learned, how to, in the big matrix organization, work it. But then once the team starts clicking, you know, this, this last year alone, I think, you know, we've turned out a lot, a lot of new innovation, a lot of really provocative challenger work, a lot of great branded content. I mean, is NFTs, we're, we're doing this, the spread offense as you look at all, everything from traditional, like iconic ads, all the way to future facing marketing to new media models. And it's, um, and you can start to see, you know, it's, I'm so proud of the team just seeing how, They've they flipped the switch when they finally clicks and it's like it's less that you need to stop pushing as much and they can start pushing it themselves. It's uh, it's it's really rewarding. So what do you think was going on there that was different from other experiences you had? I think it's um, the ability to push back on a lot of the constraints, almost like what you were saying, mm-hmm. Marcel, of the hey, the organization is saying no, or the legal team doesn't like this, or hey, the agency's really pushing this or that. And to, to think a little bit broader and to really get to the core of like, what's the big idea here? And let's start with the idea of how this idea is going to really impact culture as opposed to, you know, just X, Y, Z kind of going through the motions. Dean, your experience when you, were, you and your team were on fire. Yeah. Or does that happen every day? With you? <laughs> <laughs> I certainly would like to think so. But to me, creativity is a movement. And when um, every component, every contributor is striving for creativity, and, and especially creative effectiveness, it becomes endemic in the organization. And so working with not just the global partners, but also every local partner we have, you know, our own shell partners in every country. I mean, remember, there's really no global customer or global audience. You know, it's very local. Mm-hmm. So it's when the power of the brand idea lands in a very locally nuanced, locally relevant way, it just clicks. It's a good feeling, isn't it? Absolutely, because as I said, you know, it's one thing to be creative, it's one thing to be creatively effective. Yeah, and that's the business we're in, right? Art and commerce. Always. Yeah. Marcel, you must be on fire now, right? Marketer of the year. No, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I would say, Jim, uh, 
It's ironic, but I think that the context and this, the, the, the situation that has put us on fire uh, on creativity was like COVID mm. and all the big disruptions that we have all gone through in the last couple of years. That was a gigantic trigger uh, for us because this is when the world falls apart. In our business, you can only imagine, right? Restaurants are closed, bars are closed, birthday parties, no more. Uh, sports events, no more. So where do we exist, right, to sell beer? So this is when you feel forced to feel like, I think I need to start getting creative. And then it ended up unlocking something beautiful, I, I think, for us, because usually when we talk about creativity, people or some people still think about a big TV commercial, a big campaign that was very popular. We now see creativity in terms of finding creative solutions for business or consumer problems. And this is a game changer. And, and this is what makes us connect with the business with growth because it's creativity that is much more effective. It is at the service of something, of putting the business to move forward, to drive growth and to support people in society. And that's exactly what we did during this period. So what uh, another thing to tell you, Jim, uh, when you talk about the Creative Market of the Year thing, what makes us proud on top of cel the celebration of our culture is that 95% of the, the winning work that we have is not about ads. And not, I'm not saying this because I'm against ads. They all include ads, but we, we've won almost 100 lions in the last two years by delivering projects, programs that include ads, but they are complete programs designed to come up with creative solutions for business or consumer problems in multiple places of the world. So this is a change for the company and in terms of how we operate as an organization, not for the marketing team only. I love that and I wanna stay on that. I mean, you're talking about a cultural change, a cultural transformation, and in some ways was catalyzed by the crisis of COVID. So I want you all to reflect on you're all successful leaders. How do you approach building a culture that delights employees, you know, delights customers, is important in your communities and in society? You've all done that. You're, you're doing it. So for our young listeners out there who aspire to lead creative organizations that are satisfied, happy, making contributions, how do you do it? How do you approach it? I think of it from the experience perspective, and perhaps because I'm leading customer experience at Forbes. However, the employee experience is something that's ingrained in our business since we started 105 years ago. How the company treats employees has been paramount to everything the business has done, and, and one of the reasons for its success, but also the culture for having an incredible experience for our advertisers. That culture of entertaining, of developing personal relationships started you know, a more than 100 years ago, and that still permeates our business today. And that's certainly part of our what we're sharing with our clients while we're here in Cannes. And so if you have employees who are having a great experience, who are all working towards the same goals, which Dean and Marcel, you both mentioned is key to success. And everybody knows what the measurements are, how we're going to measure success and reward success. Then I think everyone is happy. Everyone benefits. Your employees, your team members are happy, which in turn makes your clients happy. I love that. I think um, just to, to build on that, I think when you get it right, 
your employees notice. And when you get it wrong, by the way, they do. <laughs> right? And, and so, they're not quiet about that. Which is a good but that's, thing. But yeah. that's something that the power of creative thinking and when you do real things that strike a chord in culture, you know, like when we did the Pepsi Super Bowl halftime show and if you're in finance or you're in supply chain, that, that's a very proud moment for you. Your friends are texting you at your Super Bowl party. When you see, you know, our better with Pepsi work and we're taking a zing at our competitor, everyone puffs out their chest a little bit and feels proud to be a part of it, you know, even if they weren't. And so that's where it's, you, and it's infectious that it starts to get this really good flywheel going as you get the energy and you get more leash internally, the more you start to put up the points. And that's where you start to get to that, that creative mojo you were talking about. Love it. Dean? And then when you, oops, sorry. sorry, Lynn, go ahead. And Please. then when you have those challenging times, right, you have that feeling of pride for your organization and that helps to permeate to your customers and your clients around the world because they feel it too. And hopefully they'll work with you during those downturns. They won't cancel you, which we see happen so often now. Dean, I'll give you a moment to think here. I'll reflect back when I was at Proctor, we did research and this is CPG, right? Consumer packaged goods. We, we did re really innovative research at the time that Consumers could tell by looking at your package, your brand, your retail presence, your online presence, your advertising, and tell you if the organization was happy or not and fulfilled and loved their work. I mean, really interesting. Packaged goods, just no one can tell. They can tell what's going on by what you're sending out. Powerful. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. I mean, but of course, it all begins with you as a, the leader modeling you know, what it means to be creative. And I think when leaders come with more answers than questions, that kills creativity. So I try to practice this very Asian thinking of emptying your cup so that fresh tea could be poured into it. Uh, because if there's no space in your teacup, then you're literally full of it or full <laughs> of yourself. <laughs> and, and so, you know, how does that enable creativity? So you, you have to show that you are able to ask the right questions, be open to new types of tea or new types of ideas. And finally, when I, when I brief, one of my favorite lines to say when, when I brief anything, whether for ads or as Marcel said for programs is, please scare me. Mm. And I genuinely mean, mean that. I mean, I can always pull it back, but if I'm not scared, if I feel like I'm not treading on unfamiliar territory, how could you possibly have a chance of landing on something special? The power of that, of your people knowing that you want to be scared. You want something that is not expected. I love it. And, and, and what you see when you put out an ambition like that is different kind of work. I remember reflecting on my experience when we won Marketer of the Year. We, we brought in a new agency at the time, which is a very different agency for us to, to work with. And that statement alone said to our agency, many, many of them called me and said, now we know the game has changed. The standards are different for creativity and effectiveness and new thinking. So one agency we brought into our portfolio changed the culture and the standards in the other agencies because it was a leadership. It was a symbol that, that things have changed. Marcel, your tips on building this wonderful culture of creativity. Uh, I think you just... And your culture of performance. So you, you do both. Yes. Not so, simple. Not simple. So, so, so this is why, let me, let me maybe give you a, a, sim a simpler answer. Because we are a culture of performance, the tendency is that people constantly feel extremely under pressure because we live in an environment of very stretched targets and a lot of pressure to deliver tight timelines. So 
the one thing that I really believe is a game changer in, a, in an environment like this is to create the space for people to enjoy mm. the work. Because, uh, and this comes together with believing in the North Star. So basically two things, give them a North Star that they understand, they're passionate about, so they know why they're doing uh, what they're doing instead of just going after a numerical target. And give the space for the team to enjoy the work. Because to the point you just made, that comes across in the work. If you do not enjoy what, what you're doing, chances are very low that there will be greatness in the outcome because you are not giving our best. It's certainly more fun and enjoyable when you're winning, Marcel. So, uh. <laughs> <laughs> But the, the tricky thing is that the fun and the enjoyment needs to come before winning. This is why Absolutely. he wins. I agree with you. If I may make my, uh, uh, a commercial now, this is why, for example, with Michelob Ultra, which is the brand connected with the active lifestyle, which we support a lot of athletes and a lot of sports leagues, we say it's only worth it if you enjoy it. It's good purpose. Right. What would you say is the key to success for today's CMO? If you said data, you wouldn't be the only one. At Deloitte, however, we believe data is only half of the equation. The other half, story. Because data is the language of business, but story is the language of humans. And we believe the most successful CMOs know how to harness the power of both data and story. To learn more about Deloitte's CMO program and how we can help today's CMOs succeed, visit cmo.deloitte.com. So listen, we're, we've been talking about how you're creative, how you lead a creative organization. We talked about your personal experiences of when you and your team were creative. I want to start with some, or go to something even more fundamental. We're here at the Cannes, the International Festival of Creativity. It's not the festival of marketing. It's not the festival of branding. It's the festival of creativity. And it's the largest meetup in the world of people in the advertising creativity brand building industry. So I want you to share with us your personal thoughts on why is creativity so important in the world of business and brands? Why is this damn festival named the Creativity Festival and not the Brand Building Festival? Todd, Mr. Creativity. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, um, creative thinking encourages people to break things, do things differently, right? And business you know, we're under a lot of the same pressures Marcel was just talking about. You got quarterly earnings. You got people who are not marketers saying, why do I need? What's this look like? Go look at the shelf in Walmart. All, all this kind of stuff, right? And I know you know very well. Yep. And um, you have to deliver all that. But I think you need almost new perspectives and diverse thought to kind of reframe and reshape and reimagine uh, ways of doing things. That's how the world moves forward. That's how culture moves forward. That's how ultimately business, which is a part of that, mm -hmm. should also move forward. As you think of the innovation that, you know, a lot of industries have gone through, and there are certain industries that are very ripe for change that are still waiting for some breakthrough ideas, right? And so um, I think celebrating creativity and the power that it has, not just to pat a bunch of ad people on the back and say, great job, and you get your bonus or whatever the, the incentive is for some of these agencies, but rather to say the impact that just a simple quarter turn can have on changing the world is powerful. And that's, that's what I think is really powerful here when everyone comes together to rally around that core concept. Well said, Todd. Anyone want to build on that? 
Why is creativity important in the world of business and brands, Lynn? I think it's important because our consumers, our clients and our consumers want things to evolve. They don't want the same thing every day, day in and day out. They don't want the things that they love to go away, but they want more. They want to try new things. They want to their boundaries to be pushed. Think about what's happening with some of the snack categories, right? There is an evolution of what people want and stag- being stagnant means you're going to lose. So as businesses, even B2B and B2C like Mm -hmm. we are, we have to continuously evolve in order to stay ahead of those trends and in order to stay relevant. And creativity is what makes that happen. It's not just a new logo. It's not just another new color packaging. It's new flavor profiles. It's new short runs, right? It's a new experience wherever you might be around the world. Those are the kind of things that I think could keep consumers and customers coming back. But it also keeps us all inspired and moving forward. I would say, Jim, uh, that uh, nowadays, in the times we're going through creativity, maybe we could even say that it's what makes sure that you continue to exist as a business. Because the barriers for entry, like if you talk about the product side, the barriers for entry, technology is available. Any small player can do pretty much anything. So unless you really have creative solutions for the same problems that everybody's going after, you'll probably die. And then when you talk about uh, the media landscape, the brand building landscape, attention is so hard to grab because uh, brands and content are pretty much everywhere and people are so annoyed with the excess of pieces of content that they are exposed to that if you're not creative, you're invisible, which means you don't exist. So ultimately, I think it's more important than ever. I so agree with that, Marcel. For me, the, the, the... the most fundamental starting point for me is that championing creativity as what can does is championing humanity because there's so many things around the world right now especially with the explosion of technology and and all sorts of technical platforms that tends to dehumanize things but when you really believe that we're still doing business to humans and building brands for humans humans require stimulation Humans require nuance. Uh, Humans require something to buy, of course, for its form and function, but also humans require something to buy into. That combination requires creativity. Can creativity be coached, trained, learned? Do you do that in your companies? Todd, you're nodding. I think it's it's interesting. Obviously, people have a different starting point, right? You know, if you're born a certain way, your DNA, of course, there are certain people who get to things quicker or whatever, but I do believe... While you can't make somebody creative, you can inspire creative thinking and creative thought by the right processes, the right disruption tactics, the right ways to kind of look at something. You know, we do an an exercise uh, with my team once a month where we we sit down and we just watch about four or five reels from Cannes and we just talk about them. And just literally just that alone, it's like the muscle memory. Hey, why do you think this was interesting? What do you think backwards what do you think they had to go through with their team internally to do this what was the insight what and as you as you dissect that you start to see some of that thinking forward in the work in terms of um hey this person might not be wired a certain way but they're like you know what there's a little nugget here maybe we should i don't know what to do with it but we're going to bring it forward and then we start to build together so i do think i don't know that you can change somebody's outlook or how they are but you can definitely set up the right processes and protocols to really coach and hone the skill much more. How about the others? Can it be learned, trained, coached? Do you do that in your companies? And how do you do it? I think providing the space for it. My current team right now are marketers, technologists, analysts, Mm -hmm. um, support team. And 
it is giving the space for them to be creative in their roles and in their jobs. For my directs, I try and give them the space to find the solutions to the challenges we're looking to solve. And there's a lot of creativity involved with that in this day and age that wasn't even possible based on the technologies available to us just a few years ago. So it's a different kind of creativity, but the space for them to do it and be supportive, whether it works great or even especially when it doesn't, I think is really important too. It's also another powerful argument for um, making sure that the teams are very diverse uh, and inclusive because that's when you have uh, an explosion of creativity, when you re- literally have very creative perspectives and a multitude of them. And so when you assemble very different superpowers, so I'm a superhero geek, uh, so, and, and you assemble them in some formation where everyone has, is contributing a completing ability versus a competing ability, then that's when creativity can be unleashed. So how you form your teams, how you provide and inject that multiple perspectives, um, I think that's an ingredient for creativity. And I think I have the Fantastic Four here to keep it a superhero <laughs> metaphor. Get it? That's it. <laughs> We're going to have to debate who's uh, the human torch. <laughs> Flame on. All right. What creative companies or people are you looking forward to meeting this week, talking to this week? Do you have anyone on your list or are you just open and just going to wander around and see what strikes you? I do. You do? I want to, to get to know the very famous people from my team hmm. because uh, it's so meaningful to have all of them together in person after years. And there is nothing more important than this this time. So those are the creative people you can't wait to see this week. Love it. Anyone else? What are you looking forward to this week? I'm looking forward to uh, just bumping into some work that blows my mind, you know, because, and and I often see, hey, I really love this work. Who's behind this? You know, what was the story behind this? Uh, How did they approach it? And across the years I've been coming to Cannes, I frankly have accumulated the list of partners, collaborators that I would never have worked with if I hadn't encountered their work here in Cannes or if I hadn't found a way to meet up with them. That's why we come and the ROI of that is sort of priceless. You know? It is. One, one, one brand that gets inspired and does different kind of work and yeah. grows 10 or 15% faster. That's a big payout. I mean, just one picking up one thing pays for all yep. the tickets and all yep. the, yeah. the accommodations. Yep. Lynn. I'm looking forward to the serendipity of running into people I haven't seen or connected with in the last couple of years. Um, When I was walking here, I was walking by where people are picking up their badges and I saw some old friends I hadn't seen in a really long time. So for me, those reconnections, I think, is super key. And also spending time with our team. Um, We've got three three of us from the C-suite here. We have not been together or traveled together um, in forever. And I think those relationships um, will just grow stronger by being here and having this experience as one as one group. Yeah, um, and I think um, you know, of course, the serendipity, the meetings, bumping. I, you know, you can't go to Cannes and not be a social butterfly, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. But I'm actually looking forward to the opposite of that, which is going into the basement of the Palais, putting on some headphones, and mm. getting lost yeah. in the work. I think we don't. I we don't have enough of that. And normally in the day to day, when you're on Zoom even step away from work and we're all here being very present to be here and just literally i just want to consume it all and just go deep Um, that i am very excited for that's what i want to meet we're going to end with one short piece of advice to our listeners 
for leading a creative, high-performance team. If there's one thing you want them to walk away from this podcast and go talk about with their teams or their bosses, what would that be? Take as long as you want. We're not live. <laughs> <laughs> the choicest of what to say. I know there's so many. I would say the one thing I would love people to keep in mind is to leave space for the possibilities. When you say leave space, what do you mean? We overbook our days. We overbook our own days. We've talked about that a little bit, being in back-to-back meetings, whether we were in the office or on Zoom. We don't leave space to think, to feel, to be. And for me, that's why travel is such a blessing. I really look forward to getting on the flight to come here because for me, that was eight hours of uninterrupted Quiet time, thinking time, creative strategy Mine time. Mine was 50 hours. Do you want to talk about that? I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> That's why you should travel with me. I had a, I, it took me two days to get here. That's another <laughs> funny story now that I'm looking back at it. But I think leaving, I leaving space and allowing for, us yeah. to and allowing us to be, and I think that brings around creativity, and I think it also helps us be better leaders because we have had that chance to contemplate what's going on. Todd, your yeah, pithy advice. I'll say um, – you know, and I've, I've said this before with you, Jim, as well, but this idea of take no as a request for more information. I've seen so many great ideas get killed by bureaucracy, by someone not brave enough to fight for it or to push back on the agency or to not understand the small nuance. And, um, and just really understanding, you know, hey, sometimes when something gets killed, you, it doesn't mean it's dead. You got to just reimagine and continue to push and be, you know, fight for the ideas and be a champion of creativity uh, within your organization. Dean. Just be brave. What's, what does that mean? That means um, be prepared for people to disagree with you, but keep on pushing. Um, and sometimes, you'll, sometimes it won't work, but eventually it will. And, and that's why you should never be disheartened if sometimes it doesn't work or people can't see what you see. I think that the times that creativity really uh, was something that I was, even I was so surprised by was when I myself said no to it. And then I took some time off. I looked at it again. I go, why on earth did I say no to this? And, you know, also being, you know, having the humility with that courage that you sometimes, you will yourself not see it. No one is creative all the time. That's the biggest fallacy. So I think I miss it a lot. But if I allow others to challenge me because I was against my own advice to be scared <laughs> and I was overly scared, <laughs> then sometimes I become courageous with them. They lift up my courage. I love where you're going on that. I, if, if I'm working on anything creative, I don't know, a, a, an essay, an article, a podcast outline, a speech, I build on my schedule plenty of time to do something, walk away, look at it again walk away, look at it again, walk away, share it with someone. And that reflection, oh, things come to me at the weirdest times if it's in my head. So doing something at the last minute, forcing it, time bound, I think is a recipe for disaster most of the time. I mean, I do like deadlines, but I like to get way ahead of them and reflect because it gets better. You see, you know, creativity happens when we have something in our head and we're wrestling with it, I think. Marcel, I'm going to end with your advice as marketer of the year. <laughs> Thank you for the honor, Jim. Um, I think uh, so. Uh, I think I'll leave a, a humble piece of advice that is uh, first and foremost a personal reflection, but also something that I really believe, because it happens both on a personal level and it should apply also to our businesses. 
We're going through very special times. So we spoke multiple times today about the fact that we are finally back in person after three years. So it's a very unique moment in life, right? Uh, we've been through a lot. And when we thought we were starting to get out of a pandemic, then there was a war. There is a war. And so uh, we've been through a lot, both on a personal level and on a business level, we've learned a lot. So my piece of advice would be, don't just get back to normal. Make sure that everything we've been through will count and get back better. I was at an event last night where Angela Aaron spoke, who was the Burberry CEO. She was head of Apple retail and stores and online. And someone asked her a question about sort of her leadership. She said the same thing you said. We have changed so much during COVID. We've learned to value different things. We've become even more purpose-driven. We're closer to our employees in many ways. Don't lose that. Don't lose that. So I think that's a good way to end. You've been hugely inspiring. It's so good to see all of you in person. And I, I love what you're doing in our industry. I love what you shared today for our listeners. It's been a real gift. So with deep gratitude, thank you for being here and have a great week. Thank you. Amen. Same to you. Thank you. Same to you, Jim. And thank you so much. That was my conversation about creativity with Todd, Dean, Marcel, and Lynn. And it was a goodie. Three takeaways from this one for your business brand and life. First one, a basic. Keep yourself creative. Dean talked about how he looks at work and what moves him. And he looks at why it moves him, the narrative behind the work, and who does the work. And he's met a lot of interesting new creative people by doing that. Look for experiences that stretch you and get outside of your genre or your normal channels. All the guests talk about how they take in a lot of content and stimulus. And last, build time for reflection. Lynn talked about that. You've got to think, you've got to meditate, you've got to calm down to process a lot of stimulus before sometimes things come to you. Second takeaway, value your team. Marcel and Todd talked about how much they're looking forward for their teams to get together from around the world here in Cannes to say thank you and to all talk about how they can be more creative and more effective. And the last one, lead by example. As a leader, your behaviors say everything. They send the ultimate strong signal. Todd talked about taking no to a piece of work as a request for more information. Don't give up if you believe in the idea. And they all talked about being brave. And when you're brave, you have to be ready for some conflict and some controversy. That's it for this episode of the CMO Podcast. If you found this helpful and entertaining, I would be so grateful if you could share our show with your friends. And I would be super happy if you subscribed so you can be updated as we publish new episodes. And if you really want to help, leave us a five-star rating and a positive review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. The CMO Podcast is a Gallery Media Group original production.